My friend Jason Eady brings us into the January 2nd edition of the North Spring Sessions podcast with DK. I am Dustin Kennedy. Happy New Year to all you beautiful people, ugly people too. Um, hope every one of you, and I know a damn one of you didn't go to the gym yesterday, probably not today. You better go twice tomorrow, twice the next day after that to make up for it, you damn slack. <clears throat> slack asses is what I was trying to say. Hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody had a great Christmas, great New Year's. I hope you were safe. I guess you were. I hadn't heard any differently. If anybody, I hadn't checked Mobile Patrol to see if any of you degenerates was out acting a fool after midnight. I was not. I took a couple shots of NyQuil. Um, I've never been a big uh, New Year's Eve person. Um, this never was my thing. I don't know why. Now, the other days of the week were fair game, but uh, for whatever reason, New Year's Eve never was a big deal for me. I think I, I seen it was it Jelly Roll that had said I read, I read something. He said him and him and his dad always said they left the New Year's Eve for the amateurs, and I kind of agree with that. And just no, no, everybody just people that you never see out are always out for New Year's. I don't know, it never was my thing. Tell what 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 was my thing? Turning forty at the Bull and Thistle, and I'd like to thank each every one of you that came and uh, started getting a little sick that night towards the end of the night, and uh, my throat started getting a little scratchy, lost my voice, and. Never have recovered it completely, um, but man, that was cool. That was a cool thing, and it may seem like an egotistical thing to do to throw yourself a 40th birthday party, but um, just like everything else I do, I don't trust anybody to do it as well as me, so you know, maybe I would trust one of you hoodlums to plan my 41st birthday or my 42nd one, but by God, 40 is a big one, and selfishly, I wanted it to be cool, and Miss Diane from the Bull and Thistle had been wanting to do a Thursday night concert. For a while, and when I seen the calendar fail that I turned 40 on that Friday, like I told you before, I said, well, I'm calling Jason Eady, and I want him to play it, and Addison wanted to play, and then Justin uh, wanted to play, and I wanted all these guys here, and, you know, my one guilty thing I felt the whole time, I was like, how in the hell did I not ask Rod Davis in time to get him here, too? In all honesty, even though I had some sponsors step up and had a lot of you guys buy tickets and stuff, which, I mean, listen, I hate, honest to God, I hate charging tickets for that birthday but you guys were good sports about it and you, you know these guys no matter how much relationships you have with people that's their living that's what they do for a living so they've got to get paid that you know jason Eady didn't come here from stephenville texas out of the goodness of his heart right and uh addison didn't come from nashville for the goodness of his heart and same with justin rye but rye did come brandy texted me a day or two before and i said listen i've got you some seats at my table i said i'll clear something out make some make some room you guys come. Um, thank you uh, for coming. So it turned out really cool, and we we changed it to a song swab maybe the day or two before, like I said in that last podcast one. Um, and I think I made the right call. Um, just the relationship between Justin and and Jason and Addison. You know, I, I know Addison and Justin haven't been uh, acquainted very long. I think I introduced them at a song swap last year that we did, 
or uh, not a song swap, but uh, just an acoustic show with Roaring River Distillery. Anyway, uh, went really cool. A lot of people showed up, man, and it was a good mixture, man, of of like all you people who I've met through throwing music shows in Gainesboro and podcast. You know, there's a lot of people that came that I just met in the last four or five years. Uh, then again, there was you know, Elliot Brown, James Hatcher, guys that I went from kindergarten in Hermitage Springs all the way till now, still being friends. Brent Duffer, Brandon Gregory, that were there. Um, you know, Clint Fraley, the whole holy, uh, um, the all uh, all Fraley family had seats up front. Um, I don't know, it's just it's really good. And I got some good gifts. Let me tell you, uh, Barry and Jeanette Gore, uh, perfect gift, really. Now I tell you what, now listen, I don't drink like I used to. Now I know I get on here every now and then I pop a top of a good cold bush light or whatever and say thank you to TriStar Beverage. Um, I, I don't I don't drink a lot anymore. A lot of it's a facade, a lot of it's an act. Or, you know, you might listen to this podcast and I'm cracking beers. Like, man, DK drinks all the time. No, I've, I've not even had a beer since, like, the day before Christmas when I went to the Titans game. Uh, but by God, it, it didn't stop everybody from making um, – from what people must think that I do because, good Lord, I, could, I didn't post it online. But uh, I got one, two, three – Three things, four things of liquor. Um. Yeah, let me see. Let me pull up my. Let me pull up my um. Pictures here and everything from that. Uh, took pictures of everything, but Davo got me a card. It says, "Happy birthday! All your hard work has made Jackson County a lot better place." Davo, um, I got something for Davo later on. You know, Davo mentioned to me he's like. You were rapping on this episode I heard about bad country music. You were rapping. and So just stay tuned to the very end. I might have you all a little surprise of a, a remix, possibly, with DJ Davo and DK. Maybe. Just a little teaser. For the end of the show to, to hang out or hell fast forward to the end by the time you're listening to this. Um, my friend J.L. Coe from Gamel, who just I just met him this year at the, at the – festival and we've caught a couple shows together he brought me a nice jar of uh peach moonshine i don't know if i'm supposed to say that out loud maybe i shouldn't say that out loud um hypothetically that man didn't bring me anything like that um i apologize for even saying that out loud and uh hypothetically hypothetically i heard it's pretty good um Justin Wells brought me a nice uh, bottle of bourbon, four four roses, small batch. It's very sweet, Justin. I'm telling you, that dude, big man with a bigger heart. I assure you. I know Justin all the time. You know, people have really turned for Addison here, and everybody loves Addison. And I know Jason. You know, Justin's music is. I'm not saying it's not for everyone, um, but it's an acquired. You know, because. Um, I don't know why, because I've loved his music since the day I heard it. And I love the dude a hundred times over. And, you know, he just, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I know that not everybody's has got used to Justin. And, man, his dry humor and delivery. And he even made a comment like, how do you think my, uh, I forget how they said it to, to Jason, but some of his comments. But I think he's, the guy's hilarious. And uh, Justin Wells can play on my team any day of the week. And. I just think the dude is just so talented, and he's he's just a genuine dude. And he brought this four, four roses small batch, and 
Um, I don't I don't plan on opening it anytime soon. But uh, Barry and Jeanette Gore got me a, a, a bottle of Crown and Oreos. Jeanette and Barry obviously listen to the podcast, so the old podcast, new podcast, and anything in between where I've said I love Oreos. So now they are they were just single stuffed, which I you know I'll. They're still Oreos. They're not what Lindsay used to buy me years ago. And uh, I, I, I generic Oreo shamed her uh, so much on OLR that people guided her in public and got her, got her together. Now, but now we've graduated. The point is, like, don't bring if it ain't double stuff, don't bring it in this house. All right. I don't need mega stuff. I don't need mega stuff because the cream gets a little too much, and I don't need my cream pies that full. If you know what I mean. And at my age, you just not, you know, you're just not going to have that much of a cream pie anyway. Um, so, you know, double stuff's enough. And uh, Brenda Keith, last but not least, well, there's one more gift, but uh, got me a cool little. Uh, it's a planner, uh, and it says 40 years of being a fucking legend. And I, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, I've put my time in on this earth to do cool things. And if one would like to call me a legend, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. Um, pretty big deal. No, just obviously joking. Um, and a, and a whiskey glass and a shot glass along with it, and uh, give me a hat. Says established 1983. I, I I really loved her gifts. Um, I loved all the gifts, and um, very thoughtful of everybody. The cards and the the liquor. And Addison gave me the set list for the show. Uh, Mackie gave me a he, he printed off a picture you know he loves he knows I love Edie and and just how much I respect him as an artist and he printed off a couple pictures that I had taken at the Opry of Jason's debut and, and I didn't realize it and Jeremy went after the show and had Jason sign him to Dustin happy birthday of Jason Edie and the Opry debut ticket stub so Mackie always looking out for me then my man Mackie you know you don't want to brag on one gift more than the other but he come through and he said he texted me one day and he said hey you got any money in your account and I said, oh, I'm sure. And he goes, well, I just wanted, I just wanted to be able to, uh, it's for DK's birthday. And I said, well, I am DK, dipshit. And he goes, damn it. Well, disregard that text. And he's like, that's supposed to be to somebody else. And Lindsay even told me, he's like, you know, I don't, I, you know Mackie's not, gift's nice, but I don't know if you're going to like it or not. You know, I think you will, but I don't know if you will. And so I just didn't really put much thought into it. Um, you know, I, I like surprises. I'm not, I'm, you know, some people, you know, I, I can't bring my gifts in. Uh, at Christmas, before uh, you know, Lindsay, you know, Lindsay is one of them. She's like a kid. She'll like peel off a piece of the, of the wrapping paper just so she'll see it. So I have to have my my bonus mom, um, Linda, uh, wrap them before. So I, they stay at my dad's house until like two days before Christmas. Um, so I, yeah, I just didn't even ask. I didn't like. I didn't ask for hints. I was like, you know, I'm I'm old man. I'm just gonna find out when I find out. And he comes up, and he said, uh, here you go, buddy. And I said, you me open it here? And it was a big box. And I started peeling back, and it come up, you know, the, the wrapping paper come open, and it said, Lou, Lou Casey Bootwork. And I said, oh, I said, this cracker sure ain't bought me no damn Lou Casey's, because everybody knows they're, like, they're the Don Dot of, of, you know, nice dress boots and cowboy boots. And sure enough, open them up, same pair of boots that Mackey's got. And I just, man, my first reaction wasn't, oh, thank you, or dude, you know, I was like, why the hell did you do this? You know, I'm not, I'm not giving you any. What are you doing, kid? You know, I just, I just was like taken back that why he would spend that much money on me, uh, you know, and he goes, you only turned 40 once, kid. And, you know, God bless him, such a good friend. And, 
that I just almost felt like embarrassed to take them because it was such a high priced gift. You know what I'm saying? And it just it goes for Mackie as much as I can rag on Mackie, and I pr- and I try to every chance I get because that's what real friends do. Um, just such a selfless gift, and I just said, man, I said, you know. And what's funny about the boots are, if I can be completely uh, honest, when Mackie got his, he's like, what do you think about these boots? I was like, I mean, they're all right. Yeah, they're all right. He's like, you don't like them? I was like, I mean, that ain't the color I would buy if I was going to buy some. Um, but, yeah, if you like them, that's cool. Then he buys me the same pair of boots. <laughs> but I immediately liked them, right? When people say it's the thought that counts, like I immediately was like, this guy could it could have been like baby shit green boots, and I'd have put them on my feet and wore them. But the more I've worn them, I'm like, man, these boots are pretty good. These, these are nice boots. Mikey did good. I guess I just had to finally see them in adult size. You know, for me to like them. I don't know. I just seen, I had seen them on his feet. and <laughs> I joke, I kid. Much love to everybody that got me gifts and uh, came out to the birthday party. Really, really cool. Um, like I said, they did the, the three-man song swap stuff. Um, at the end, Rye got up, did a couple songs. Him and, Ad- him and Addison did Whiskey Bent Hellbound together. Um, just really cool. And uh, one of the most special nights... For me, not to get too sentimental, but uh, uh, Clint Fraley, who's been a friend of mine since I think we started running around 19, you know, 99, 2000, 2000, I don't know, 2001. I was still in high school. He's a little older than me. He was a pedophile. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't know. We may take that make serious. But um, so he told me, he's like, man, I've typed out something really cool, and I wanted to, uh, and I want to read it at your at your fest or at the, uh, the birthday party. But he's like, I don't know if I can. I was like, dude, absolutely. After it's over, get up there and read it. He sends me a text sometime during the show, and he's like, hey, I'm not getting up there. Would you read it in my voice? He's like, you have my permission to get up there and just read this text message, some of the best times we've had since you know, I graduated from Herman Springs in 2002, and uh, we started running around, hanging out. And I said, I, you want me to read all this? And he goes, every bit of it. And I said, in your voice? He said, yes. So I got up there after the song swap, after Addison, and Rye did their thing, and by this time I'm hoarse, and I can't do – that's the bad thing. I'm going to try to do Davo's voice and Clint Fairley's voice, who I usually can do both fairly well, but with my voice still struggling from sickness and the flu and everything over the holiday, uh, not sure I'll be able to pull it off. So I get on stage, and I said, Hey, happy birthday, old buddy. I would roast you, but I'll be danged if I remember what happened. He was always the sober one. The question was, we've always asked, why would or why does anyone want to party? Who knows, but sure has been fun. And the story on that is Fraley went around just joking one night at Patty's Place, Number Springs, asking, hey, why, why does anybody want to party? Why does or why would anybody want to party? And I guess people just started giving him this, like, like so sincere, sobering answers. He's like, God. This is a weird night. People keep asking it. They they keep getting all deep and uh, really, you know crazy on me. I'm just trying to mess with them, you know, and all that stuff. And he says I was a sober one. Now listen, okay, sober one. Okay, then I can I misread because back then I wouldn't. Uh, it ain't like I was volunteering to be a designated driver too much in the 20s. You know, that's what you come with a little bit of wisdom in your my age now and try not to you know get too carried away anymore and. You know, honestly, to God, that's the difference. My twenties, I didn't care about. I wanted to. I thought I wanted to go to a concert. By the time you pregame so hard with Clint or the Craggins or 
whoever else, hell, you don't remember the – I went to the very first of the Alabama farewell tours and don't know nothing about it. Um, but now, you know, like you go to the show like I went to the Ryman to see Cole and Charles, and I, mean, I just sit there and took it all in because, you know, the music speaks to you more or something as you get older and, you know, you want to make those trips. Plus, concert tickets were $8,000 back in 2002. So there's that. You could, you could go to a cool concert at Starwood for 25 30 bucks, And, you know, even if you got – blackout drunk you're like well missed out on 25 bucks but it's really more the experience of the story of the concert but anyway back to fraley's text and i said good lord fraley i said as as i'm overlooking this miss Marilyn, i said randy birdwell out here he was one of our teachers rocking randy you know we've heard, heard me talk about rocking randy birdwell his sister miss Marilyn, god bless her she was our english and literature teacher in high school and i was like miss Marilyn didn't teach you nothing fraley i said you just sent me eight paragraphs of no punctuation whatsoever so he goes on to say, me and DK has been partying together for over 20 years now. DK's always thrown parties, and well, I've always liked to party, so it worked out good. We go back to the days of Cotton-Eyed Joe. It's been eight years since I drank, so I'll tell on myself and just how good of a friend he was or how much he enjoyed seeing people party to the full extent of their capability. <laughs> and this is a lot right here. He goes, I pissed on this guy's couch nearly every Thursday for over a year, and he welcomed me back. The next Thursday. Can't say that I would have done the same. Uh, and that's true. And I remember the first time he done it. I, I lived with my cousin Brianna, and the washer was going. We were major hungover. And uh, it, the washer and dryer was going at like 6 o'clock in the morning. I was like, what in the, what is going on? So I walk out there, and Clint's just sitting all defeated on my coffee table, just shaking his head. And that was the first time he pissed on anything. And it got to the point where it was like, when Lindsay moved in with me, she's like, he is not sleeping in our house. I was like, well, he's not driving home, Lindsay. And I'm not making him sleep in this vehicle because uh, I've loved the guy since I met him. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of times we put him in, we've put him in, you know, we've made him in sleep in bathtubs or on trash bag, you know, but, you know, he's not drink. I was with him in the last concert he ever drank at, Sturgill Simpson at the Shed, September 2015, right after my mother passed away. And it was a hard night for me. I needed to get out of the house and just, you know, live a little after all that, you know, just losing your mom. and Boy. Clint, that was the last night he did anything. That was, I'll never forget it. Uh, turned out all right, that Fraley boy. Whether it be eating cereal from a plate at a hotel during a Shriners convention. That's right, eating breakfast at a hotel, eating cereal off the plate, looking across. There's a whole Shriners convention, and just me and him. And Dave, Brandy, Collie, Sunshine, Prasalina, James, Jimmy, all them boys, I ain't Sunshine. I ain't never told that story on here. I told it on old article of times. Dude, he said, you Sprangers is crazy, dude. Man, this is a lot of people. We ain't even watched Prices Right yet. You, you Sprangers are already wild. And then he says, we're drinking hot beer in the parking lot of Rivergate Mall waiting for it to open so we could do Dance Dance Dev Revolution. That's a true story. Or Bonnaroo and him passing out on a chrome toolbox in the middle of the day with it 100 degrees and no shade. And I'd done that because I was miserable because I'd heard uh, Timothy Key had went with them, the, him and Dust, the year before. And they were like, man, porn. Can't. Well, I call him Timothy Key because I ain't going to tell somebody's nickname on here. He's like, you know, he said, they said, you know, Timothy couldn't hang because he kept wanting to sleep. Well, the first night, it's like 5 a.m., they're lighting my shoes on fire. I'm like, guys. We got a big day, full day of activities tomorrow. Can I go to sleep? It's 5 a.m. Can I at least. Can I shut my eyes till about 8? Then they couldn't quit messing with me, and I got in the tent, and it was so exhaustingly hot. That was the year the CMA Festival was falling out with heat strokes, um, 2010. And uh, it wasn't 
they I, I couldn't sleep and I was like screw it I'm getting on back in my toolbox oh my god that's how miserable it was and um and we made it and it was a hell of a bond room Jay Z Stevie Wonder that was a good one uh. Uh, we went to our first concert in Atlanta as Eminem and Ludacris, think 2002. The kids should have known what we was getting into then. Yeah, you would have thought right then, the first time I ever went with him somewhere in Atlanta, one of the top five dangerous cities in America, leaving a Ludacris and Eminem concert. Imagine the demographic of people that didn't look like me and Clint Fraley as he's smacking the hoods of cars going, yeah, move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. I mean, come on, Clint Fraley. Then a homeless man come up and say, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Yo, 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 they, they mess with y'all on the streets. Just tell them right here, this tattoo right here said BMO, BMO. I'm from BMO, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. You tell these brothers on the street, they try to mess with you. BMO got your back. Clint goes, yeah, that's good. You're not getting a dollar. You're not getting $5. I want you to get the hell on somewhere. And I thought, well, that's it. I'm just going to call Rick and Miranda and tell them I'm murdered. I'm murdered right here in the ATL. B. Moore is going to murder us. And, you know, whatever reason, B. Moore liked us. He let us live. Not because Clint Fraley was sending him uh, Christmas cards or anything. Yeah, we've had some times. Last few years, he's found a way to take the party to the next level and get some great music talent in the area. But even better than that, he's caused old friends to come together to have a good time. So I hate to brag on him too much, but he's all right for a white guy and an asshole. <laughs> and he says that. He calls me a white guy because we were at a Titans game and I had a Lindell white jersey on, walking through the parking lot, sober, and had a, just enough of Clint Fraley that day, just enough of Clint Fraley, where I was trying to walk about 20 feet away, away from him just to get away from him. And he goes, hey, white guy, hey, white guy. And some guy was packing up his tailgate, and he goes, Hey, man, I'm walking with an asshole. And the guy, without a bit of hesitation, goes, Yeah, well, I'm living with a bitch, buddy. Figure it out. <laughs> and that's today, today, I mean, years later, that's still the single funniest ad-libbed walk-up line I've ever heard in my life. This dude hated his life, wished, wished the game would have went into triple overtime, I'm sure, so he didn't have to go home to that poor woman. And prayers up for that woman because God knows what's happened to her since 2009. I'm proud of him and what he's accomplished. What better achievement in life than causing others to have fun and forget about their troubles for a while? Enough of my rambling. Come here. Let me get that Christian side hug. This guy's famous for his Christian side hug. He's, he's side hug more athletes, musicians, and celebrities than I can count. <laughs> hey, man, love Clint Fraley so much for that. And um, he, he's always giving me a hard time about when I meet celebrities as I hug them. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. I'm a lover. What can I say? And, uh, you know, just to kind of put the wrap on that with returning 40, man, um, that's an age when I was 22, 40 felt like forever. You know, I, I put it in kind of context. When, when I graduated high school, I think my dad was uh, was 39, 40, you know, about the same age I'll be when, when Waylon graduates. And, well, that seemed old. You know, Rick would probably wasn't as old now in hindsight is that I was looking at. and uh, but, but to me, there's three things about uh, you, you figure stuff out. 20s is your, you know, a lot of people are never wild. Like, like, you know, some people graduate high school and they get married and they have a great job by the time they're 22. I wasn't that guy, okay? I wasn't that guy. We had Waylon when I was 22, still didn't figure it out because – I had this selfish complex about myself that 
I dated one girl throughout high school, and I never got to live. You know, all my buddies was out partying, and yeah, I'd done some stuff I shouldn't have done. I'm not going to sit here and act like I did, but a lot of days it was school, basketball practice, come home, talk to a girl on the phone, maybe watch a basketball game. I just wouldn't run a wild, man. And God knows I've made up for it. <laughs> and I was still way too young, way too immature when we had Waylon. And, you know, I didn't grow up in my 20s. But now, by the time my 30s rolled around, I still was stupid. You know, we had Bayless when I was, what, 32, 33, whatever, you know, whatever. And I mean, I'm getting smarter. I'm getting better. But it took me a long time. The, the, all you people who grew up in your 20s, congratulations, man. I'm proud of you. But I've always had that side that I wanted to put on. I wanted to entertain people. And whether in, in my only way of entertaining, because I'm not good at a whole lot, but I've always been able to throw the best parties. The best parties on Walnut in 2002, legendary parties on 3rd Street in 2003 and 2004, and God knows the ones we burnt down, White Cemetery Road all those years, I mean, and then parties down here in the field, and God dang, I made a whole damn festival out of it. You know, and it took a long time. You know, I've, I, you, you don't fail out of Tennessee Tech. They don't ask you not to come back from two or three stints in college for no reason. I was having a good time. I, there was a reason I, I wasn't doing like I should have been. And a lot of people stood up, you know, my parents stayed patient with me when they should have. My, You know, uh, it took me longer to get in my employer uh, to take, you know, to be, you know, to do what I'm doing now and take responsibility and love my job, you know, and effort into a lot of things. And my family is one of those things. I didn't do, you know, like you should with your family and your and your wife, your kids, and your all that. And get to that in a second. But um, another thing, my friend, your friends become smaller. You know, you figure stuff out in your forties, twenties, your thirties. You by your time you're forty, you should be a little more financial set. You should be more responsible. And like I said, I'm I'm never going to turn down a, a opportunity to fund hardly ever. If I've got the money and I've got the babysitter, we're still going to have a good time, okay? I'm not going to retire from being who I am unless I have to. And, uh, but your friends become a little smaller um, to me. And, it, and that's going to sound real uh, maybe not genuine for me or kind of backwards because I, I love everybody. I do. There's a big difference. I can go out anywhere and make friends. Lindsay hates it takes me forever to leave i don't trust a lot of people though i may pretend like i trust you i don't trust a lot of people i don't trust a lot of people with a lot of things in my life and you just learn that over time that you can't trust people and i know with a, you know I, I know i can go out and shake three hands in town right now and one person may walk around and say god i love that son of a bitch and i love his you know i'll, I'll never do wrong by him then two more hands you might shake said that pretty, you know they might talk about you you know, there's people that you wouldn't trust with your loved ones if you, you know, you you don't want to walk around, walk across the road to get a gallon of milk and leave people alone with them, you know, or, uh, to, to, I'm just saying, people don't have your best interest, and even though everybody seems like they are, I've done a lot of, there is a, you want to be good to everybody, and you hope everybody's good to you back, and. You just learn that that's not always the case, but you don't want to think, you don't want to think like that. But I'm lucky to have some of the friends I grew up with and know 
what you got with those guys and you hope that all the new people you meet in your life are friends and that you're good to them. You just hope they're, you know, in the same tense with that. But I love I love getting together. I love nothing more than packing a place out. And you just you just hope that at the end of the day there's good friends to you as you are to them and vice versa and everybody can be cool. <laughs> you know. But uh, you know times are crazy, man. People are crazy. So uh I, I don't know. You just Used to, I really wanted to have a thousand people hanging around. And now it's like if if we go out and it's a party of four, it's it's okay. And I, that's just how much it changes. And it's not you become cynical or nothing like that. Or I guess you do a little bit, but you just know you don't really need a thousand people hanging around. And that birthday party was the opposite of that because I loved it, and it was people I hadn't seen in a long time and people that I care about. So anyway. You, you, I don't. You're going to get too serious there, but I, I just think you 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 think about things. Is everybody's got some issues, and we all got stuff. So life's pretty tough and serious. So when we can get together and let our hair down, it's it's a good thing. And uh, and, and really, the the last thing I, I, I take into my consideration is, like I said, you fo- you figure your life out. You try to find out, fr- figure out who your real friends are. Who you can depend on? Who's who's got your back? And honestly, the last thing you learn, and I've and I've not always done good with this. You give a little bit less of a shit about what people think about you as you get older, and you're just a little more blunt. That's why you see all these old people who are so blunt. They don't care. They're 86. The hell, they care if you if if you like, care what you know if you don't like their opinion. And that's something I, I don't. And, and it's just not most people's natural reaction. You know, you notice musicians on the internet, if they put out a new song or a new album and 300 people can tell them it's great and you might get a like on their on your comment on Twitter. But boy, if you say that that song was the drizzling shits, that musician's liable to Twitter beef with you back and forth for the rest of the night because we don't like hearing negativity. Um, you know, like when Bayless made it viral this year with the Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes stuff on Monday Night Raw, or Lindsay was fighting people tooth and nail on Twitter. She ain't got Twitter. You know, she was just logging in on Facebook and reading people's comments. And you can't do that. And, uh, you know, used to, if somebody, if I found out somebody didn't like me, and I'm like, well, what? if they have a reason, fine. But if not, they would worry me to death. Now somebody will come up to me and say, so-and-so said something about you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, consider the source. Or they, you know, they talk about everybody. I don't care. And guess what? If I know I'm in the wrong, because God knows I'm not perfect, and like a lot, I don't pretend to be. Okay, I know I've made mistakes in a lot of aspects of my life in 40 years, and it sucks. You can't take them back. But uh, you know, if 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 I wronged you in that reason, or if it it affected you somehow, if it didn't affect you, then piss off. You know, but I can't worry about whether you like me. I, I you, you know, you can just do the best you can with people. But literally, somebody come up and was like, so-and-so was talking about you. I'm like, oh, that's, they're actually the most miserable person on the face of the earth. So, you know, uh, God bless them. So, because uh, I don't care. And it takes, it, it takes a lot to get there. But I don't know. People, people make you that way, really. But uh, you can't control people. You can only control yourself. That's one of the hardest things I struggle with. You can't change. You can't worry about what you can't change. And good Lord, it, it, it'll drive you crazy. But, uh, and, and my last thing is, and, and this last thing I'll, be, I'll try to be serious about, but just do what you want to do in life. And it's took me a long time to to get to where I'm at now, comfortable in my own skin. Just do what you want to do, and who 
cares? Because everybody's got an opinion. You think about what I've done in the last six, seven years of my life. Me and Lucas started One Lane Road. People made fun of it because they didn't understand it. I was in another town one day, and they're like, oh, what you going to do? You going to put us on your little podcast? I'm thinking, all right, fool, you probably can't even spell podcast. You've been drinking so damn long. You've been drinking, drinking since about eighth grade. Okay, you probably can't even spell podcast. And it pissed me off, and it, it, it here I am years later talking about it, but I'm like, I, you know, it just, you know, I used to do stand-up comedy some when people would ask me to, and God, you beat that to death, and people... People will make fun of you for that. Well, guess what, you, buddy? You wasn't up there doing it. You know, are you that funny? I never said I was a comedian. People asked me to be, so apparently somebody thought I was. You know, people wanted me up there. And it's, you know, some of it was good, some of it wasn't good. Um, you think when I started these concerts at the at the fairgrounds, when I started the first North Springs Music Festival, people didn't talk shit? Absolutely. People do it for my face sometimes. Oh, yeah, he's got the concert. Just trying to get on the bill. And every one of those people can kick rocks. Because I guarantee you, were they talking about it? When the damn lead singer of Cross Canadian Ragweed played this field? Was they talk, when they talk about it, when one of the hottest touring bands in the goddamn country, them Dirty Roses is playing this field? No, those people are miserable. So do what you want to do with your life. Do a podcast. Do a stand-up. Do a concert. Do... Do whatever in the hell you want to do because you only get one life to live as long as you're good to your family, as long as you're good to yourself, and you're good to the people that are good to you, then, hey, let those miserable people talk about you. And uh, I've been made fun of for a lot of things by a lot of people I'm good to. <laughs> and it's just that's just how people are, man. So, in short, do what you want to do. Nobody's going to understand it. Uh, you see a lot of these people. I've seen a, a girl from where I went to school at. Uh, she, I think she talks about it. You know, she dresses up in all this cowgirl garb. and I think people talk about the way she dresses. But, I mean, I think she's getting paid to do some of those ads and stuff by Instagram and stuff now. So, I mean, people's going to find a reason. Just uh, do what you want to do. Kick ass at it. And make sure you smile on their face and let them know you know kick rocks i'm gonna do what i want to do whether you like it or not and uh man i didn't get to get all deep on that uh but and that's really nothing too personal but i just i, I just think we spend way too much time because i've been guilty over so many years we spend too much time worrying about what the hell other people think and we shouldn't we have to live our life <laughs> you know and we and when we start worrying about what other people think we take life too serious and I used to not take life too serious. And I've been very guilty of the last few years trying to build the stuff I'm passionate about. And it's just, you find out that some people will support you and some people won't. You spend all your energy giving love to those people who show you love. Because those are the people that matter. And 35 minutes into this show, I'd like to give my first sponsor shout-out to my girl Kristen over at Helen's Restaurant. That's Helen's Restaurant, Highway 56 in Gainesboro. They've been serving Jackson County since 1987 with the same family management uh, from the start. Kristen and her mom, Carol, can hook you up with any meal for any number of people. And I uh, hope you got to check out that Christmas display they had up, uh, but I'm not sure that if, they, if they've taken it down yet or not here being right after January. And uh, 
anyway, love Helen's and I say get the fish, but they do have plenty of other things on the menu. I just don't know what to, what to get other than the fish because I always get the damn fish. They do have a good burger out there. I do know that. Um, then my second sponsor, my girl Brenda Keith, Don Franklin Chevrolet. Uh, if you're looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle, give Brenda a call. Uh, that's out in Burksville, Kentucky. She's always willing to uh, help you find the vehicle of your dreams. You know, we're a Chevrolet family here, and uh, hopefully one of these days we can give Brenda some business. Um you know, I like those good old hard uh, salvage title vehicles, so my payment's a little bit less. But, man, Brenda works her butt off to make sure uh, she can find the vehicle of your dreams. I know I've, I've messed her. She's looked on other lots. She's found stuff. So uh, I know Mackie got his truck there. A lot of friends have. So, yeah, holler at Brenda. And uh, thank you to my sponsors. If you're interested in being a sponsor of the North Spring Session, just reach out and uh, hit me up. We'll work something out. I'm coming up here in 2024. Right here, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, see where I'm going next and come back right after this. That was my buddy Justin Wells. Appreciate the birthday shout out there at the end. Um, one of my favorite songs of his. It'll all work out off his last album. He is releasing a new album soon. <clears throat> that was from the birthday party, of course, the other night. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys, like I said, had a good Christmas. Coolest thing about having boys is a lot of y'all can uh, attest to that's, that have all boys is that <coughs> what's cool about this era, like in my era, where you grow up with all the cool toys, I'm just rebuying the same toys, basically. They're not as cool, they don't look like, as the ones I had, or sure don't last, they're not put together as good. I mean, literally, my kids opened wrestling rings, Ninja Turtles. Bayless is in a, like an NBA jersey kick right now. <coughs> Sorry. I mean, I bought him NBA jerseys. Michael Jordan. Shaquille O'Neal had to buy a freaking LeBron James jersey, which made me puke at Opry Mills when I done it. But, yeah, it's just cool. The Ninja Turtle, Jack is so obsessed with Ninja Turtles right now that our Bebop, Rocksteady, Splinter, Superfly, I mean, it's just our house is covered with Ninja Turtle toys. It's cool, man. I love having boys. I can never imagine having girls. I've had enough girls in my time. So, um making an awkward call for my wife listens to this later on but uh no i'm just joking but uh yeah it's it's cool to have boys i just uh wrestling rings i buy i buy wrestling toys and ninja turtles just so i can get down there and play i think any man will do that 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. This night's going on. It's getting stuffy out here. This building's starting to start to mess with me a little bit. Uh, I may do two podcasts tonight. This I don't like to keep them too long. Uh, so I may do a couple a couple different ones here. Uh, there's an article. Outkick the coverage is the was where I saw it, but then New York Post actually had it. And if this don't, if, if you're a man of my age and older, and God dang, really, if you're any younger than me, this story should make you sick too. I don't talk about our society becoming very soft and just, ugh, just soft much because this is not my wheelhouse. I like to talk about stuff I enjoy talking about. I don't like talking about our you know world going to hell in a handbasket despite everybody being so soft, for lack of better terms. So this post says a surprising majority of young people recorded reported suffering from menu anxiety while eating in a public setting. Menu anxiety. Now, I've heard it all. Researchers asked more than 2,000 people how relaxed they felt while eating out. Well, I've always felt. <clears throat> Hoping to gauge how enjoyable the experience is for everyone. About 86% of Gen Z adults aged 18 to 24 in this study admitted they have suffered from menu anxiety when dining in restaurants compared to 67% of all respondents, a.k.a. normal-ass people. Uh, some of these young adults, 34%, reported feeling so anxious that they wind up asking other people at the table to speak to the waiters. <laughs> just order chicken strips like the rest of us do, fool. You don't know what to get, just order chicken strips. The rest of us grown-ass men have been doing it our whole lives. You don't understand the menu? Chicken strips. You don't want a hamburger? Chicken strips. You had a steak last night? Chicken strips. Jesus Christ, pansies, man, good Lord. While most people look forward to dining out during the holiday season, we know, as our research shows, it can be stressful for some. Dean Challenger, CEO of Prezzo, told the Post in a statement. The frequent occurrence of the very specific fear appeared to be triggered by the increasingly exorbitant cost of a meal out, along with the respondent worrying about not being able to find something they like on the menu or after the fact regretting what they ordered. Some even took it to the extreme with almost 40% of Gen Z customers Gen Z customers, saying they simply wouldn't go out for dinner if they couldn't check the menu first. A similar study, this one conducted in the United States, found that 3 in 10 Americans have menu anxiety with surprise Gen Zers being more nervous than older generations. The survey of 2,000 adults found younger generations were far more likely to have anxiety while ordering 41% of Gen Z and millennials aged 18 to 43 compared with only 15% of Gen X and baby boomers. Gen Z is continuously reported alarming rates of general anxiety. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I pissed myself in kindergarten because I was too scared to go ask the teacher to go to the bathroom because I was quiet and I was a timid little child. You know, me and Fraley both coming out of the closet here about pissing on ourselves stories to start 2024. But I don't know how a grown person... I, honestly to God, I am so scared for the world my kids are about to grow up in that these people are saying that they're so nervous that they can't look another person, another human being in the face and say, um, I, I'd, like, I'd like the chicken parmesan, please. Yep, yep. Uh, I would like the house salad, no cucumbers. Yep. I'd like a medium, I'd like the ribeye medium 
with a loaded baked potato. I mean, how hard is that? I don't get it. I don't get it. If I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I've just came completely out of my shell from the time I was too scared of Miss Cherry Ann to go ask her um, to use the bathroom. So I peed and had to go home with my purple piss pants from Herman Springs in 1990. Um, I've came a long way, I feel like, because God knows. I don't, I don't even know. Like this Gen Z, millennial, boomer. I don't know what I am. I don't know. Don't care. I don't read this shit. Okay, most time. I don't know. So what? I'm, I'm a millennial, 18 to 43. I have a hell of a time going. Hey Tony, yeah, I'll just go ahead and get me that. Uh, yeah, I want the, I want the, yeah, that, that eight ounce steak, medium. Um, yeah, uh, just go ahead and bring the salad out. Uh, loaded baked potato. And go ahead and bring me one more. Uh, yeah, one more sweet tea if you don't care. And uh, yeah, my family they'll holler it. You know, my seven year old Bayless can say, "I want chicken tenders" because they're chicken tenders. So you sassafras little. Oh my God, little tender fellas these days. We're, we're raising some weird kids in this world, in this world, and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed, and I'm scared about what what is going to happen to this world. That, that people can't look somebody else. A grown a grown person can't look at a grown person and tell them they want chicken tenders. I want a damn ham. I want a cheeseburger with and uh, with uh, on the menu. Okay, yeah, no tomatoes and mayonnaise, please. Yeah, no lettuce actually too. Yeah, no onions. Can you imagine if they order something and have to ask to take all that stuff? I would love to. I'd love to sit there with a cold, refreshing bush light for my friends at TriStar Beverage. I'd just be loving to sit over at the table next to it and watch these weirdos try to say no tomato, no mayonnaise, no lettuce, and just break out in a hive having to actually talk to people because, you know, the world's weird now. And we're living, we're living in a weird culture, guys. And I hate it. Hate it. You know, we had a man talk not too long ago on here about restaurants. And uh, I know I told the story, so I don't want to tell it again, which sucks that I told it in advance. If you're a man, I want to know your opinion on this, because I think I've swayed my boy Mackie uh, to where he's been hitting up the Twin Peaks more recently. I've been a Hooters fan forever and ever. If you're a, if you're a red-boned American and you like going to a restaurant, and if you can get your wife, girlfriend, or your wife and your girlfriend both convinced if, they, if they're into going to Hooters, that's a win-win. Because you're going to catch a good ball game on. They got the cold beer. They got good food. I don't care what anybody says. Hooters has good food. And I guess the scenery is all right. But, uh, and I, I'm sorry if I, I, I thought I have talked about this. And this is where I'm going a little senile in my old age here. I can say that now that I'm 40. But, you know, the, and I, I'm, I'm thinking I did talk about this because I, I'm not, I know I talked about the Twin Peak thing. So I'm sorry. I, and I'll just cover this quickly because I feel like I've told it. Um, I guess I'm going to start making myself notes on what I talk about each episode. But so, yeah, the, the orange shorts have never done anybody any favors at Hooters. You, I know I told the story. God, I remember as I'm telling it. My friend Brad, though, my friend Brad Craig, he, he went to, with me to a ball game last year. We stopped off at Hermitage to eat, and uh, the girl had the flattest butt. I'm talking, I'm talking no butt. And he's kept staring. I was like, Brad, I don't care how much you stare at this girl's butt. She's not going to develop one. Like, it was the flattest, like, straight down her back to her legs, but the last time we were there, I was like, I come in from the bathroom. Lindsay's like, they got, they got thongs on. They got thongs. They were, they weren't the orange shorts. They were black booty shorts, like thongs. And I was like, I want to take a picture of this girl to send to Brad, Lindsay, but I can't do it because I'm gonna look like a big pervert. And she's like, well, I'll take it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just take it, send it to you, and you can send it to Brad. 
So of course we did. Of course my wife over here sneaking a picture of a booty and a and a Hooters thong, and we're sent to Brad. I was like, look what's happened in Hooters in the last nine months. But Twin Peaks, better scenery, better atmosphere. You go to if you're a not if you're a Vols fan and you've not been to the damn Twin Peaks and uh, Knoxville on a on a game day, you're missing out. Just good good food. All, all reality. We can talk about the scenery all you want to, but the the food non. Uh, Hey, I love it. It's great. Got a great grilled chicken sandwich, which I had no uh, – now, listen, I, if you're a 15-year-old boy and you still get them jitters talking to a woman, now maybe a 15-year-old boy can't order at a Twin Peaks without going – sound like uh, – uh, 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 uh. you know, I mean, maybe you got that beef with some butthead going on if you're a young, you know, person hornball up in there. But, I mean, other than that, don't be a Gen Zer. Talk to people in public. Get to know people. You can't ever know enough people. Don't be a weirdo. Um, to end this show, no, one more thing before I go, go to get into the end. My friend Gary Hayes from Kentucky, he uh, he covered the 2021. Um, he, he covered the 2021 North Springs Music Festival. And he didn't get to make it last year. He had a lot of stuff, personal stuff going on in his life. And I want you to go. It's GaryHayesCountry.com is where you can read the whole article. He covers every single artist. Um, done a lot of cool stuff. But uh, what I wanted to do here was read a few of the quotes that he give for me personally and the festival. Um, re really cool of Gary. He says... Um, this Middle Tennessee festival is growing in leaps and bounds at a rapid pace. This year, there are a metric ton of people that travel from all over to see the big show tomorrow. This is a really nice gathering area that you can easily tell was created for music in mind. In fact, the first few acts tonight were local to this area. The overall attendance of this pre-party told me right away that in the year absence I have had that Mr. Dustin has put in a lot of work into growing this event. There is no doubt in my mind he could have a two-day stage event or another off-site off-site pre-show and host either one successfully. The overall layout of this festival has remained the same, but the ambiance is becoming stronger now as it grows, and it brings in people from all over the country. This is by far larger than the first one I attended. I must say this quite perfectly comfortable here. Hell, you got kids in the camping area running around in pajamas, and you can share pizza with your dog. If that's not comfortable, then quit festivals now. This man, this rascal, Mr. Dustin Kennedy, Host this yearly festival on his family's own property. Okay, this is not some corporate palooza where you'll park five miles away and ride a shuttle bus that smells like ass down the festival area where you just realize you forgot your sunscreen. This man personally introduces and welcomes everyone to this event. He personally floats around the crowd to make sure there aren't any unsatisfied folks or any medical issues. I do like to do that, in all seriousness. I mean, very nice for Gary Hayes. Gary Hayes is a very, very nice guy. He covers a lot of music throughout the year, and the, the fact that he took time to come down here to North Springs was very, very cool on his part, I thought, and um, I owe him one. So, um, but he didn't write, you know, he, he wrote a lot of cool things about you guys and the Pie Peddler and, um, you know, the, the Roan River uh, Moonshine Distillery and just, just his area in general, and I hope not to, you know, Tell you something, pressure's building for 2024, and I'm pissed off about Florida Gators playing Tennessee and Knoxville. I'm pissed off there's another music festival that books a lot of the same talent. I mean, I have the biggest challenge to date in year five. That's why I need all you people to rally behind it. 
go to fall break early or, you know, whatever this fall break setup is this year. I need all the support I can for year five if there's going to be a year six or anything beyond. Because um, there's a lot of challenges already for year five, and we're a long way away. But it started a month ago, two months ago, so I don't know why I say long way away. It always starts right after the other one ends. So, All right, so we're about 52 minutes into the podcast. I like to keep these things under an hour. I've not been doing a really good job at that. So I think I'm going to come back with part, maybe a part tour tonight. There's a there's an article I found uh, on Whiskey Riff, which we've been quoting quite a bit lately. So shout out to them for the most viral stories in 2023. Uh, Cameron Diaz also says, sleeping in a different room with your husband or wife can make a marriage last. And I was going to read that article. But uh, right now, to end the show, my boy Davo was talking about me reading the worst country songs of 2023, according to Whiskey Riff and SavingCountryMusic.com. And he said, I didn't know you could rap, DK. I really wasn't trying to rap. I was just singing what bad country music sounds like in 2023. And unfortunately, there is some rap that goes with it. Um, so, I have, I have come across a song, and it's actually my favorite rap song of all time. It goes all the way back to 1992. And I just thought... What if DK and DJ Davo come together for one song, one time? And I'm not really rapping because I'm wanting to be a white rapper, but my man Dave, <coughs> but <coughs> sorry, the anticipation, the anticipation's getting so hard already. I had to set my cup down, back my cup down there. Oh, uh. So, what would it sound like if DJ Devo and DK got together? And all I was going to say, you know, was I'm just talking to Devo. Devo's talking to me. And I'm going to talk normal because I can, you know, I'm flowing the main streets of North Springs. And I'll say, one, two, three, into the foe. DJ Davo and DK at the dough. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Because you know I'm about to rip it up. But, Davo says, give me the microphone first. I'm going to turn the music off because it's too much. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Gainesville and North Springs together. Now you know you're in trouble. Ain't nothing but a DJ Davo and DK thing. Baby, two locked out legends. We're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays me. Unfadeable, please don't try to fade this. Back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm going to let them understand. From a young G's perspective, before me, dig out of it, I have to find a contraceptive, DK. You never know she could be earning her man and learning her man. The same time burning her man. I ain't with that, Lieutenant. Ain't none of that stuff good enough to get burned while I'm up in it. 
That's realer than real Neil Holyfield. DK, it's realer than Shaquille O'Neal even. That's how they know. But if it's good enough to get Brock over off a proper chunk, I mean, I'll take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. But I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. But I damn near got caught because my beeper kept beeping. That's time for me to make my impression, fellas. So sit back, relax, and strap on your seatbelt. You've never been on a ride like this before. With a producer who can rap and control the maestro. At the same time with a dope rhyme that I kick. You know and I know. I flow some of that funky shit. And Dave O would say to add to my collection. The selection symbolizes dope. Take a tote. But don't choke. If you do, you'll have no clue. What me and my homie DK, Dustin Roger, Elliot Kennedy came to do. It's like this and like that and like this. You know, it's like this and like this and like that. Who gives up about those? So just chill till the next episode. And that's when I come in and say, Davo, I'm falling back on that ass with a halified gangster lean. Getting funky on the monk. On the mic like an old batch of collard greens. It's the capital S, so yes, I'm fresh in double O P D O double G Y D O double G S C. Showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic. Pimping hose and clogging a grip like my name was Dolomite. And it don't quit. I think they're in the mood for some of that DJ Davo and DK shit. You know? And Davo says, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm going to say one thing. Never let me slip, because if I slip, then I'm slipping. But if I got my Nina, then you know I'm straight tripping. And I'm about to continue to put the rap down, put the Mac down, not Jeremy Mac Mac down, just put the Mac down like a Gainsborough freaking legend does. And if you girls talk, shh, I'll have to put the smack down, yeah, and it don't stop. I told you I'm just like a clock when I tick and I talk, but I'm never off, always on to the break of dawn. C-O-M-P-T-O-N, and the city they call Long Beach. It's not, it's not like Gainesboro. It's sunny. It's crazy. I've never been there. I've seen it. Putting this shit together like my man DK, no one can do it better like this. That, this, and uh, it's like that, and like this, and like that. Oh, no, it's like this. And who gives about those? So just chill to the next episode with DJ Davo and DK. <laughs> I hope you like that rendition of the newest rap song. If anybody wants to put it out there, let Walker A's put a video. He can come to Gainesboro. Ward Davis has been here. Cody Jinx has been here. I've played with them. I've got them on a T-shirt. That's my man, Davo. And I hope my voice held up just enough to put the smack down on the nothing but a G thing. DJ Davo. DK Remix. <laughs> I had way too much fun doing that. And I hope that does not sound as corny as I, I'm afraid it's going to sound like but then again like i told you earlier i'm 40 i don't care if you liked it or not i loved it and davo's gonna love it when he hears it and davo would even tell you that i've got a sponsor out there in gainsborough helen's restaurant go holler at them highway 56 gainsborough davo would tell you i got a sponsor out in burksville kentucky named brenda keith don franklin chevrolet 
Don't buy a Ford. Don't buy a Dodge. Do like all the country music people are doing. Go buy a Chevrolet. Get you a long, dark, beautiful girl. Make sure she has bare feet and cut off blue jean shorts. And take your, put her in that truck and take her on the back road with a bottle of moonshine. Get it from a friend of mine that I've been sipping on to get through this show, my peach moonshine. That's ever so good. And I'm glad after two weeks I can have a drink of it. And uh, I want to take you out tonight by playing a song the end of the night, the other night, uh, at my birthday party. It's two of my buddies. Two of the best ones in the game today on the independent country music scene. It's not nothing but a G thing. It's Whiskey Bent Hellbound. It's Rod Davis. It's Addison Johnson. I love you guys, and I will talk to you guys next week. I've got a good one. Davis, Addison Johnson, Whiskey Bit in Hellbound. I didn't record it all. Uh, I was having a pretty good time by that ni- time of the night. Hey, I'm 40. I told you. Do what you want. I'm going to keep doing the left turn signals to mean people on the road. I just want to be a good husband, a good wife, and a good, peop- a good person to you people. Love you. I'm talking to you probably on this next episode. You ain't got to wait a week, baby. Thanks for tuning in.